dancing over there, dude. <laughs> I can't hold the straight face. And that is the sound of isolation. But this is Big Steve. Yeah. So today we're talking about isolation and uh, how isolation, the word isolation kind of has a negative connotation where, whereas the word solitude has a more positive connotation. And I think the difference between, you know, your, your, your negative isolation and like really embracing solitude and enjoying it, the, the difference between the two is really in your intention behind the isolation because you know if you're trying to be around people all the time and you're sort of scared of being alone um so you have a day where you're hitting all your friends up and they're all busy and you end up just spending the night alone and you know you judge it as very negative and you know you're just not having a good time you wish that you could be around people and you feel really lonely and that's like that's isolation Um, You also have the isolation of, you know, somebody hurting your feelings or feeling like, you know, you're left out of something. So you intentionally isolate yourself more and you're like, oh, well, it's fine. Like, they don't care about me. So I'm just going to isolate myself more. And, you know, if they really cared, they'll notice. Um, But, you know, I think the solitude that you want to strive for um, and I think the healthy type of solitude is you know, you're not alone every day. You're making plans with your friends and stuff. But, you know, maybe every now and then you'll have a day where you're like, you know, I would actually like to do this alone. And I'm going to do it with the intention of, you know, having some time alone and like enjoying it, getting something out of it and intentionally doing it. At the same time, you are technically alone every day in some activities that you're doing. Yeah, something like there is a balance. And I think for me lately, I've found that, you know, I used to just always try to be with people because I was sort of scared of being alone. But then exploring um, being alone and that experience, like really finding what aspects of it I liked and what aspects I didn't like, I just feel more comfortable overall. It's like I'll go to the gym alone and really enjoy it, have a good time, then go to the go to work. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work, and I know that I'm going to be around these people. And that excites me. But then, you know, some nights I'll decide, should I hit up my friends and see if I can spend some time with them, or would I rather be alone? And just, like, having that choice makes either outcome enjoyable for me. Because I think the aspect of life that just makes everything... um, dangerous emotionally is you know just being really set on one thing and then if it doesn't go your way then you know you're just going to be very upset about it but if you're okay with being alone and you're okay with being around people then like most days you'll decide which one you want to do more and it's all about being intentional with what your desires are and if you're desires are truly that you do like being around people and it's not based on fear then that's okay you shouldn't feel guilty about it that probably just means that you're the type of person that prefers being around other people and you're happier that way but you shouldn't you know always feel like you need to be around people because you're scared of being alone it should just be like this conscious acknowledgement that 
hey, I can be alone, but I just prefer being around other people. So I'm going to be around other people most of the time. I feel like um, the social aspect of being alone can seem like an affliction, like a threatening thing that um, will possibly degrade your personality and it will degrade your own sense of happiness and self. Um, and like what you're trying to really find in life. And it's worth noting that the reason we feel so bad about loneliness is because our ancestors um, were always a part of a group all the time. Like tribes and villages and stuff like that. And if you were alone, left behind or lost or, or caught somewhere, then you are seriously in danger because, like, yes, maybe you can hunt by yourself, but you will not be fulfilled with the human desire and need for social contact, uh, as well as the more or less need to work with other people um, to hunt or to procreate. Uh, because among all the things that humans are very good at, uh, as a species in the world, we are essentially the greatest species at working together. And that's why we've gotten to where we are now. And in this day and age, not only are we on average spending more time alone and away from others, you know, just doing our own thing. Um, it's also like in 2019, social media is bigger than it's ever been. And, you know, not only, we, not only do we have to worry about, you know, having enough friends and, um, you know, being connected in our relationships and stuff, we also have to worry about going on social media and seeing all of these people with all of their friends having fun and having these great social lives. And it makes us sort of judge our own lives and like, oh, we're, well, I'm not social enough. I'm not, I'm not doing all of this stuff that these other people are doing. So maybe I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I'm 20 years old and I'm not having the time of my life. Like you live off of these expectations of what your social lives are supposed to be like. So whenever you are isolated and you're by yourself, you feel like it's a bad thing. So it's, it, you definitely need to reframe how you feel about it. Like for me, I, for years and years, I was like, oh, well, I need to research this. I need to read these books. I think that'd be really cool. And maybe it could change my, my perspective if I looked into this. But I was just so busy trying to be around people all the time that I was never really looking into those things that I wanted to because I would just put it off. And I was like, oh, well, being around people are more important. And sometimes you're, whenever you're hanging out with friends, you're just watching like some mindless comedy TV show that you've already seen a million times. So it's like, maybe it's nice to be around those people, but are you really being productive with your time? Well, at the same time, it generally almost always just does feel good to be around people. Again, that's what we're built for. Um, as far as social media goes, I think both you and I have seriously limited our use of it in the past mm -hmm. um, year or so. Um, I think just personally, because I recognize like... It can be toxic at times. Yeah, and you stop using it, and I, I reflect on that now. Like, I've stopped using it quite a lot, and how do I feel now? It's like pretty good, pretty natural, to be honest. Um, and, I, and I think the, the, the aspect of social media that is just super, um, 
is super distant and not many people on social media are very genuine. They're just trying to portray an image that they want others to see. So even like if you're messaging people, like it's still sort of like they're putting up this this mask. I think the phrase portraying an image that you want people to see is really interesting because it can be interpreted as both uh, I want people to see me as this and kind of to envy me, kind of maybe to feel jealous or kind of um, to, to desire what, what I am. But it can also mean it's like a cry for attention from a more vulnerable place. You're like, I, I want people to communicate with me. And like whenever you're not plugged in on social media all the time, those people that you were like always seeing their posts like pretty frequently about what they were doing in their life um, and what they wanted people to see, whenever you're not constantly plugged into that, say you see them every now and then and you just have a really great conversation about what they're up to, what you're up to, and it's really nice to like catch catch up with them and have that conversation with them. And I, in the same sense, I think whenever you're spending less time with people and you stop worrying all the time about um, just constantly being around somebody, never being alone, the the interaction is more genuine and it's more fulfilling. I think since I've stopped worrying so much about constantly being around my friends and like just being with them every day, always hanging out with them, I think it's made my interactions with them um, much more special. It's like, say you have a friend that you hang out with every single day for months and months. If you were to have some sort of change in one of your lives and you could only see each other a couple times a week after that change, I think, you know, like you look forward to the times that you see that person and then like the, the interactions are a lot more genuine and fulfilling and you're just trying to like fit a bunch in a short amount of time. You're like, oh, well, I, I went from seeing you every day to seeing you twice a week, so I need to you know, make up for that lost time, you know? Well, recently I um, decided to make a change in my life because I realized that while some of the people that I was around were not uh, toxic in the sense of um, like causing me uh, kind of like social harm. It's like they're not bad people, but you acknowledged i realized that i was causing myself social harm by um you know in a sense forcing myself to be around those situations and i realized it feels like after a very long time i realized like you know it would probably be better for me if i didn't um put myself in these situations so i've really pulled away from that and i, I can definitely say i feel a lot more comfortable with the idea of not having to be anxious about that kind of thing. Um, but as a result of that, it also means that like me and you just probably don't see each other, each other as much because you are related to the situations that I'm talking about, even though mm. there's no ill will between us, of course. Yeah. Uh, but that affects you as well, just like you've been saying. So I, I definitely think that might have made you think about things in a different way just because of the way that I have presented my situation. Well, man, 
I mean, o- over these episodes, I think we keep on going back to that aspect of um, your development where mindfulness, self-awareness, and being intentional with your behavior, it all kind of surrounds everything that you're going through. And with this, you were being mindful of how you were feeling in these situations. And with your self-awareness, you were, you were intentional with your thought patterns and your behavior going forward. You, you're like, okay, well, these situations make me feel sort of bad. And it's not necessarily that these people, these people are trying to hurt me or like, or that they're bad people. But that was enough to acknowledge that there was something about those situations that you weren't enjoying. So you kind of, there's a feeling tied to those people. And it's just like, I have no grudge with these people, but I don't want to be around this feeling that I, feel uh, and I can't not feel that feeling so what can I do you know yeah and like you sat on that and you're like okay well what's the best course of action um and you know you ended up deciding that maybe some time away from these people in these situations would be good for you but you know what separates this situation from you know an unhealthy isolation is you were intentional with with that separation from this, from the uh, situations that you're talking about. If if you were, if you were like, oh, these people are awful and they hurt me, and I'm just, I'm just gonna never talk to them again, and I'm gonna be alone, and that's you know that's that's where I deserve to be alone, away from everybody. Like if you were less rational about it, that's where it would, um, that's where it would change. I think there is a sense that calls back to much, much more negative feelings that I used to feel maybe a year, two years ago, in which I did feel, um, in a sense, unwanted by the group. So I did at least feel the desire to isolate myself because I felt like I was not worthy. But at this point, I feel like I just don't get from these people what I'm what I might like from people in general so I'm kind of like are these situations as I'm saying so I'm just kind of like yeah these people are chill but again maybe some time alone is good for me and I think I know that personally I have always been pretty comfortable with being alone my entire life and at this stage in your life you're sort of questioning a lot of things and maybe you'd be um, more able to find answers to those questions whenever you're alone and not distracted by situations in which you're around all of these people that sort of make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and they're not being very thoughtful all the time. It just doesn't really feel like uh, a receptive situation all the time which is something that I value quite a lot um what do you mean by that I mean like being able to be in a social situation and even though I might feel because of some uh ties to these people even though I might feel somewhat 
um, uncomfortable, I would at least expect some kind of social reciprocation from the others. And this is the interesting thing, because even though from their side or from a third person perspective, it might seem like everything is normal. Again, it's the way that I feel like I'm not getting something that is missing that just makes me want to kind of stop looking forward to that. And by that, I mean, recede from from these situations. And do you see that as um, something that is specific to this point in time and like the stage that you're at? Or do you sort of um, attribute that to just who you are as a person and something that's not going to change? Well, kind of like I was saying earlier, like I did used to feel that much more generally, but currently I feel that with these situations and people specifically. Which is an interesting thing because, it, you know, we're not very old and the, the people that are in my friend group, like, basically I haven't had that much time to create a vast network of people. Um, if that is something that I wanted to rely on and, and what I'm trying to get at is like, um, the people that I'm exposed to right now don't necessarily need to be the ones that I need to hang around. I think you get to a point sometimes where you're just like, okay, well, it's been several years now checking the watch and you're like, um, yeah, I kind of like doing these things. Uh, these things really fulfill me, but I don't really feel that when I'm around this group or these people. So I'd like to invest more times in the, more time in the things that I enjoy. And, and I have found that I have been able to do that with, um, with my hobbies and stuff, just because I've been alone more often, but I almost as, almost as an instinct, um, and, and in cohabitation, if you could use that word with, with my hobbies, mm-hmm. I have automatically organized uh, stuff for me to do, um, so that I can fulfill myself and like, yep, I've been, I've been doing it. And it's pretty I, mean, I, I find it very interesting. The, uh, the tidbit that you were talking about where you're like, Oh, it's been a few years, you know, maybe I should just step away from this group of friends. It's been a while. Lately, I've had this, I've had this sense of like wanting to move away and like make, make a big change or something like that. Because I have a few friends that are very dear to me. You know, I like spending time with them and I enjoy having them in my life on a regular basis. Same same thing goes for my family that lives here, like my mom and my sister. Um, but I think looking at my life right now, a lot of the people that I was friends with a year or two or three years ago, I just don't talk to anymore. We, we had a falling out or we just stopped talking naturally. Um, my job, I feel like I'm good at my job. I have friends there, but I can't stay there forever. So it's sort of like 
am I going to stay there for another couple of years or another few months? You know, it's only a matter of time. I feel like we are very much at the age that is a precipice. And you begin to notice that people begin to do bigger things. And, and, it, and you but, find that you, you yourself are doing those things. But like in terms of, uh, I guess, what we're talking about in this episode, I think I've gotten better at being alone. And it makes me feel more capable of just going off and doing my own thing and completely changing my life because I feel... Because uh, it's the ideas have been popping in my head lately, and they never really did before. So it's kind of like, well, if those ideas are popping in my head, maybe I should act on those because it's a sign, something like that. But then also, I think I'm reminded of my uh, this fear of being alone that I've always had, because my fear, uh, my fear of moving away by myself. And not being here with my close network of friends and the support of my family and stuff is, you know, maybe it could be cool, but I would most likely be moving alone. And I mean, going away to somewhere you've never been by yourself with nobody to count on, just the idea is very scary. And some people just move away to college, you know, with without anybody. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going away to college by myself, meeting completely new people, like, it's scary. Yeah, I mean, I, I did that myself. Um, I mean, what you're saying about going places completely alone, I've also done that, um, not for very long periods of time, but, like, when the summer I turned 18, which was a year and a half ago, uh, more or less, um, for, uh, you know, six days I just cycled around my home country alone, meeting people along the way, watching beautiful sunsets, camping alone on the beach. It was the time of my life, you know, and I don't think I would trade that for anything else. And and this summer I'm planning to uh, go on a hike alone for, for a month or more, but I'll meet people along the way. I'll see beautiful things. Do you still want to go to Scotland together? We definitely could. I mean, I think there's things to, to talk about there, um, which we'll have to mm-hmm. look into. But, um, you know, I have found that, because when I, when I bring these ideas up to older people, my siblings and whatnot, and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of doing this thing alone. What The advice I've been given is like, um, generally, you know, I think it's different for everybody, obviously, but generally, like, by the time you're starting to get into your late 20s, at least, you know, you kind of start to be tied down by things, even if it's just a job, you know, um, and you don't have as much freedom. So it's kind of like when you're a young man, a young woman, a young person, but not, you don't have big responsibilities, like, do do the things that are a bit risky, but organize them. You know, mm-hmm. if you're able to do them, you have enough money or you know what you want to do, like do those things. And if you don't like them, well, don't do them anymore. But it, you have to take these chances in your life or you may find possibly that one day when you're older, you're like, man, I never did those things. Yeah. And that's why like 
you know, our trip to Wyoming that we're taking, I think naturally, sometimes my mind goes to the, oh, well, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, this is a new, a new place, and we're not very experienced travelers necessarily. Um, and so sometimes naturally it's like this voice in the back of my head is like, oh no, it's going to be scary. But then I'm like, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, right now we should just be going and doing everything that we've ever dreamt of doing because we can. And we're going to look back on it forever because it's like none of us have girlfriends. None of us have jobs that we can't take off from. Um, We have time away from school. Yeah, like... We should just fucking go off. And, the world is your oyster. And, like, we're going to these national parks that are just going to be beautiful, and we're going to remember them forever. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a there's a scale to these kind of things. Um, some people just have a zone of comfortability, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But, um, like, our friend, um, the the one guest we've had on this podcast, if you remember him, He's going to do the PCT, the mm-hmm. Pacific Crest Trail, um, largely in California, but Oregon and Washington and stuff too. It'd take about four months. Um, and he's not in school. Like He prepared for this and stuff, so he knows what he's going to do. He took a gap year off kind of to do this. And he's been working a job to finance it. Um, and I look at it and I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, that's awesome. Like... That's a big thing. I know that this will completely change his life forever, essentially. A third of a year, you know, as a young man. What kind of impact do you think that will have on him? Um, And it's just the kind of thing where I think there's an interesting duality to it because it's half like, whoa, dude, that's crazy. Like, are you sure you know what you're doing? But half like, uh, this is the perfect and perhaps the only thing that would really fulfill this person uh, in their life, just because of the personality that he is, I think there's things that he wants for um, that can be met by this type of experience. Because some people, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of talking more generally now, but some people like, as you were saying earlier, you know, we have so much social media and people are so much so alone these days. Some people don't enjoy living in society. And so maybe one day they find that they move somewhere rural and they enjoy it much more. You know, maybe they have less um, interactions with humans, but they're among the trees and it's a wondrous experience. Well, and for some people, I think, you know, some people are in a place surrounded by people that they just don't connect with and they yearn for some type of some type of experience some type of feeling but they're just not connecting to anybody that they're around they're not connecting to the things that they're doing and i mean it's really easy to just kind of disconnect from the world and just think that you know oh well this isn't for me i'm not enjoying anything I think for somebody like that, you would just need to go off and 
experience anything that's different from what you've already been dealt because you know there's so much out there and i think for our friend that's going on the pct you know obviously it's sort of like a scary expedition it's like fuck dude i'm going to be walking for four months for thousands of miles but he's also expressed to me like yeah my whole life i've just Every, every so often, I'll, I'll pace up and down my house. And I'm like, dang, this guy really likes walking. He should be doing this. You know? He likes being on the move. He describes it as giving him a clearer mindset when he's got a goal to go towards. And it's like the fact that he's doing this completely alone. Um, not only is he going to be doing things that he's never done before, getting all of these new experiences that he'll remember forever. But he's also going to be alone for so long that, like, you know. He goes in a man and he comes out a beast. Yeah, it's like he, he's he's always been okay with being alone. But, like, um, this is just completely different than anybody we know has ever experienced. And, like, it's going to change him completely. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, like I said, uh, I've been on uh, similar ex- expeditions in my time, um, not as long, but I mean, like you were saying, with like, oh, you know, we don't really have a plan. We don't. We're not sure what we're doing. I've been on expeditions like that where I wasn't amongst the leading members of the party. I was just along for the ride. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I think the the reason I'm so excited is, yeah, obviously we're going to be seeing some great um, some great sights in, in nature, and it's going to be fun. But I think the best thing about it is, like, we're doing it together, and no matter what happens, like, we can put our heads together and figure out a solution, and we're going to be having great talks throughout and some brotherhood, you know? But I, I, I think if if I looked at the exact same trip, but I was doing it alone rather than with two other people, like, I don't know. I think, I don't know if I could enjoy that experience. Even though, like, I've gotten better at being alone, but I think something like that, it would just be too much. Because it's like, you know, if I have a day where I'm basically spending the entire day alone, by the end of it, I'm sort of just wanting to like call somebody and hear them speak to me and say my name almost to remind me that I'm actually existing and I, I'm not just a person in my own little world like that other people can see me and that I that my existence makes a difference to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point, I think, you know, just kind of illuminates more into your personality where you um, understandably just feel this desire to to be around people. It is the healthy, natural way to be. Um, It's not something that I feel as strongly. Um, I think like... In terms of existence though, like do you ever, if you spend a lot of time alone and like nobody even looks your way, it's almost like you're walking through the store and 
like you being there makes no difference to anybody else and it kind of like it almost feels like you don't exist well yeah i mean as i brought up before here and here and there is uh when i went to college um for that last semester i was i was largely very alone um i would go I would go quite a few days without seeing anyone. And this is something that I hadn't really realized until right now, but like I would I would like try and make small talk with uh CVS cashiers. You know, uh, and it hadn't hadn't occurred to me until now that it was probably because I, I felt so alone. Um but it is, you it's know, like the people that call that call me at work and I'm like this is Nick, how may I help you? And they like tell me their entire life story, and I'm like, "Which department do you want me to transfer you to? I don't want to talk to you right now. These are probably so fucking lonely." I remember. Uh, I mean, like I said, when I was biking alone, I was alone, but I, I saw and met people every day, even if it wasn't like a lasting interaction. But when me and uh, four other dudes went into the New Mexican New Mexican wilderness uh, about five years ago um, for five days. So not, again, not that long. Um, but it was kind of like a whole thing because we were going up this trail that the previous season had been washed out by flash floods so we couldn't even see the trail. And for there was, there was a serious point where we were like, guys, like we don't know if we can get out of this canyon we've been in for three days. Should we backtrack? Should we keep going? And eventually we got out. And I remember, you know, so the whole time I was around these humans, I wasn't alone, but I remember seeing the first like day hikers for, in, for five days. It was like, we walked we walked up to them and we were like, oh man, we've been in there for five days. Like, And they were like, yep, it's crazy. And we were like, oh man. <laughs> but it's not necessarily a, a bad experience uh, in the long run. I mean, you have 127 hours, which is obviously a pretty brutal experience because mm -hmm. of what he has to do. Um, and yeah, it's that human sense of coming into contact again with people uh, like we've been talking about. If you choose to isolate yourself a bit more from your friends and you come into contact with them, again, it's like, Here's my buddy. Here's my good friend. You know, I haven't seen them in a while, and we can have a we can have a more passionate social interaction than just the, hey man, I saw you yesterday. How are you since I saw you? You know, twelve hours ago. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and also, I mean, it's the intentions behind why you are interacting with your friend, why you're spending time with them. Because if you if you're with if you're with somebody every single day all the time. You never have any time apart. You're probably just hanging out with them because you don't want to be alone. It's like you can still enjoy being with that person. You still love that person. But if you're seeing them that often, it you're probably not hanging out with them for the sole reason of you love that person. You like being around them. It's probably because you don't want to be alone at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, not seeing my friends as much these days... Um... You, you begin to notice more things, I think, like right now there's there's three dogs in my house. Usually there's two, but um, we have another person in the house who has their dog with them. So there's three dogs around, and one of them's a, 
a young pup who's always trying to get at you and stuff. And uh, like the science shows that like if you're a lonely person and you have dogs, like you will not be as lonely because dogs are an animal that that want to be with you and they want your affection and you can give them affection and it feels really good. Um, and so that's just something that I, I reflected on recently because like even though I'm more alone, more often it's it's nice to have my creature comforts. I think is a good way to put it. And I think you know not only are they giving you affection, but they are paying attention to you and acting like you are the best thing ever. And yeah. it kind of goes back to what I was saying, like you know, whenever you're not talking to anybody, and then you're even if you're in public, like if nobody looks your way. It makes no difference if you're there or not. Something like having a dog act like you're the best thing ever. Like they're just so happy to see you. I mean, it, I think there's more to that. When I was isolated in college, I, I thought a lot about how lonely I was and looking around at how lonely all the other people were. Everybody's on their phone with... Uh, with their earbuds in and stuff. Uh, interestingly, I don't know. I mean, interestingly, a lot of people were, you know, had the earbuds in, but they were on a phone call. So a lot of people were talking, but not to each other. Um, and you know, it's like grey, overcast skies and cold, and everybody has jackets on. They're just they're just walking to class. With hey, mom, miss you. Please send cookies. <laughs> and. Uh, I don't know, at that time I was really reflecting on this modern age that we live in and how it's a largely unsocial society. It's an unsocial social network of biological beings. And then, then you get into like derealization and like not feeling connected to the people around you at all dissociatively, like not just dissociating from yourself, like from your not just having your, your mind and your body disconnected, but you, there's also a disconnect between you and the world around you. So like you can look at people you've known your entire life, like your, your, like your parents, and then they just appear to you as strangers. Like you, you don't know who they are. Like you know who they are, but they don't feel familiar to you. And I, and I think after long periods of time where you're just, you know, you're not really connecting to anybody you don't have any super close relationships that you're maintaining i think everybody starts to seem that way like just people that don't even seem like real people that you could ever connect with and that's definitely the the negative dark side of things but there is the more positive side i think of that uh, coin where if you meditate or take psychedelics or or, or another form of this technique and you you practice um, consciously reflecting on the ego, loss of the ego, seeing what the ego is and the self and and seeing how you relate to your world and, and what do you think about your world, then you can come back to it maybe after meditating or something and, and you look at your relationships and you're like, well, the, I don't value these things enough maybe or just take a little bit of time to hug your mother you know that's what they say because she's there for you and 
are you there for her as much as you think you should be? Sometimes you, you realize these kind of things. Uh, I was going to bring up like the sense of loneliness in society is very interesting today because um, I think you could definitely argue that it's just been increasing um, for a while because really people have been more lonely since the Industrial Revolution. Before that, people were in farming communities and villages where everybody, you know, if, even if just in the family, everybody gathered around the fire and maybe told stories or played instruments and you had all your uncles and aunts and you lived with your family. But when industrialization happened, people moved out to the cities and got jobs and things were a lot kind of bleaker socially and more removed. You know, a lot of these people were working for like literally 20 hours a day at the factory, six days a week, seven days a week. And that trend of loneliness continued to rise. You know, you think about uh, in 1920, with the census of that year in the United States, that was the first time that more people lived in urban places than rural places. And so again, it continues to rise and rise and rise. And you look at the kind of like the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you know, imagine like a, a blue collar factory worker who works at the can factory in the 70s, just coming home at night to watch TV and drink beer for years. And we've gone on from that period of time to the age of the internet. So you can be even further entertained while alone um, and even maybe feel a distorted sense of being with people. Maybe you watch vlogs, you know, undoubtedly a lot of people do that to feel a sense of connection because they either can't get it in real life or they don't know where to find it or they just don't have access to it. And today we just, yeah, again, we just live in one of the, one of the most lonely times of all time. So do you think anybody could make the argument that prior to the Industrial Revolution, whenever loneliness levels were much lower, um, but we didn't have all the technology that we do today, we didn't have all of the access to information, uh, do you think somebody could argue that we were better off? Definitely. Um, just right off the bat, definitely. Because it's like working those really long hours, and I mean, you were... You were never really Child alone. Labor. You were never really alone, but just think about all of the good things that's that have come since then. Yeah, and 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 with that argument, there's a bit more to like. Because like for me, it's like I, it. I love the fact that I can just go on my phone anytime I have any curiosity, and I can probably find the information on that on that thing that I was wondering about. And then, you know, you can, we can read almost any book on our phone or we can watch videos on any topic really on YouTube. Like we have all this information and we can call people, we can video chat, we can text, we can. Of course, of course we demonize technology quite a lot, social media and smartphones. I mean, yeah, there, there's so much bad. There's but so there's, much bad that's come from it, but... There is crazy future stuff that we have access to. And it's, it's amazing. It really is. It's like magic. You know, what is the internet if not... To a medieval person, what is the internet if not actual magic? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's like... And there's so much stuff just behind the, the horizon. Things that are... 
probably going to start popping up in the next few years that are just going to, you know, be crazy technologically. Yeah, I mean, um, it's... And, and, and I think it raises a lot of questions of, you know, is this something that should be coming out? Is, is it going to benefit humanity overall? Because, like, it's going to help a lot of people in specific ways. Uh, it's going to be cool. But, like, were we better off before? Do you think the, the repercussions from it are going to outweigh the, uh, the benefits? Well, one of the general arguments I would raise with that, because there's another point to make with industrialization, is that people immediately had less access um, or less around nature. Um, you know, science suggests being around greenery improves happiness. Um, and the, the general overarching point here is that, like, with the rise of technology from the 1700s on, we um, have just become increasingly less and less uh, present in the environment that we evolved to to dominate. The modern Homo sapien is lives in at least in the Western world and most countries. We live in an environment that is extremely different from what our ancestors evolved to uh, to best inhabit. You know, many of our ancestors would walk the land and know all the all the plants in the area, what to hunt in the area, how to make shelter in that area, what time to plant the crops, how, how the seasons acted, who ruled the land. And but it's also important to note that, you know, besides biology and some of the... Uh, primal functions of our brain we are not we are not that similar to our ancestors because you know with evolutionary psychology and just how we adapt to the ever-changing world i mean they didn't worry about as much because you know their lives were much more simple um they didn't have to think about as much they were probably curious about less things because their world wasn't that big except like i mean i it's by by their world i mean like their uh, immediate environment yeah it's an interesting point because i do agree with you on a lot of that but at the same time our brain is exactly the same as a human 200,000 years ago we have exactly the same capacity as they did from birth. However, the things and the rate at which we learn things, I think is arguably much quicker and much more dense than they did. And we have much more complex relationships. We have uh, more advanced jobs. But, uh, but to say, interestingly, that they were less curious, I don't think so. They're, I just don't know what... And in, in, in an age where technology wasn't a thing, they, you know, worked the same job. Techni technically, technology was always a thing until 
a certain time very long ago, but um, the, the human ancestor at one point used, uh, well, this is a good example. The human ancestor used at one point the st stone and stick axe for one million years. And that means that their brain wasn't developed enough, if you could look at that way, to, to perfect upon that design. Um, but there was a time about 70,000 years ago, um, the term escapes me, but it's something like the, um, it's something like the tool revolution when people really began to make like spears and like better spears and, and better, um, kind of clothes and things like that. So, as with our brain, curiosity has developed all throughout that time. But essentially, we are still very much biologically the same as our ancestors have been for many thousands of years. Uh, but the rate that we're exposed to things just means that we again, living in a very different environment and have to account for very different things. You know, I guess it's just hard for me to, to connect a time period that was so long ago to, to the present day because, you know, maybe our brains were the same, but literally everything else has changed, like environmentally and um, socially, the types of relationships, the type of... Um, you know, governments that have been created and political wars and stuff like that. It's just, I guess it's hard to even compare the two time periods. Certainly you can't be blamed for that. I mean, I think one way that I would look at that is like, so, so you look at the way that you um, do your job and all the things, you know, you've brought it up before on the podcast, all the things that you need to know how to do, counting the money, speaking to people, so you have to have those social abilities. Um, if back in the day, people didn't have as complex social abilities, then they had the ability and full knowledge to skin an animal, take the meat, make sure the meat didn't rot, burn the meat, cook the meat, you know, um, make more arrows and keep their family warm. What to do if uh, what to do if your horse broke a leg or something like that? Depends how far back we're talking. But people have always, uh, by necessity, needed to know how to do many different things. But they have just changed over time. And people who don't know or can't handle doing things, they either, a lot of times back in the day, they would have died. Um, but these days, if you don't know how to do things, you have a lot more options, I think. And I think humans in general sort of have a hard time connecting to something that doesn't relate to them at all or doesn't affect them at all. And I mean... In my experience, it's been really hard to connect to other time periods and people that are, you know, in a completely different um, place and 
diff and have completely different circumstances than me because my the root of my empathy like it's just the root of empathy in general is being able to put yourself in their shoes and imagine what they're feeling you can't ever feel it directly because it's their emotion it's their experience but like trying to put yourself in their shoes and acting acting in response to that so it's like you know life was so much different back then and all these other time periods and it's so hard for me to even imagine what life was like no matter how many uh no matter how much you read about that time period and like how much research people have done on it, it's like, you know, none of us were actually there because nobody lives that long. I mean, yeah, one, one way that I kind of look at that is just like, like you're saying, putting yourself in someone's shoes. So if you put yourself in the shoes of your parents' generation, right, more or less one or two generations ago, then uh, comparing that with technology, things like you're going out for the night and you know, you're staying with your parents, but you need to contact them. So you would, need, you would have needed to find a payphone. There's no other way to do this. Or maybe the, the place that, you, that you're at has a phone, you can use that. Um, and that's just how things were. If, if people were out and you said, I'll meet you at this time, but then you got there and they weren't there. You probably waited around for a while and they would, maybe they showed up and they were like, oh, my train was late. And, oh, that's okay. Sometimes you would go and wait at the meeting point at the time and the person wouldn't show up. Maybe a week or two would go by and you'd see them again or call them and you'd be like, hey, it would happen. And essentially information travel around much slower back in the day because technology was more rudimentary. And you, you think about instant messaging is probably one of the more simple yet fundamental aspects of the society that we live in today. I mean, I can contact you instantly if you are in a zone with connection, which if you're not out in the boonies, then you are, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, if you look at isolation, if you look at isolation today compared to what isolation would have been um, hundreds of years ago, it's like isolation was less likely back then, but it would have been, you know, it would have been more um, devastating to you back then because without that technology, it's... Because, like, today, like, you know, you can be really alone, but if you have friends, they just aren't there with you. But, like, you, you have friends that you can text, you can you can call, stuff like that. You may be alone physically, but you're never really, really completely alone. Yeah, and so with my recent thing where I've decided to, to not be around some people as much, um, I, I, I think that has... Uh, like a screwdriver, it's kind of like twisted apart my brain and my thinking. So now I'm just like open to, I'm open to more things. So so recently I saw some other friends I hadn't seen in a while and they were like, hey, we're going on a trip. Do you want to come with us? And personally, I have always been someone who is reluctant 
to commit. I just have always kind of been a little bit more comfortable being alone, maybe because that means I don't have to worry about how to deal with people. Um, I think it's certainly an anxiety I had when I was young. And it's not only really an anxiety I have now, it's just the way that I grew up and it's the person that I am now. But they were like, yeah, do you want to come with us? And I was like, just quickly thought about it. And I was like, do I have the time? Yes. Do I have the money? Yes. <laughs> Would I rather be staying where I live and doing the things that I normally do and not go on this opportunity? And it's like, hell no, dude, I want to go. So yeah, I'm gonna go with them, and like it's it's these types of situations I think that give you pause for thought in your life, and and can positively change things for the better. Uh, but you have to be willing to maybe realize that the option you're looking for, maybe to deal with some problems you're feeling. The option to deal with that is maybe just not the one that comes naturally. Or maybe it is the one that comes most naturally, but you don't realize it for a while. And for me, that's what's happened recently. The most natural option to deal with bad feelings is to stop the bad feelings by not being around them. That's what I've done. I feel good about it. I wouldn't change it. Things are well. And, you know, that's there's never, like necessarily a correct way for somebody to to go about their emotions because everybody's different and I think the most important thing is being self-aware and acknowledging whenever you do feel a certain way and you know deciding for yourself what the best course of action is because everybody is different and if it makes you feel better and you acknowledge that and you act accordingly then you know, that's, that's all you can do. And there's tough times in your life where you will have a gut feeling and you know that you'll want to do something and you might even know that you will do this despite whatever happens, but there'll be other people or, or situations where they're like, no, I don't want you to do that or, or why, do, why don't we do this? And you're just like, at least for me, I know a lot of the time when people try and stop me from doing something that I really want to do, uh, if I had not already decided, I immediately decide then that I'm going to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Call it stubborn, but that's just part of my who I am. And I, I respect that in myself, I think. 